The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! This is Media Match, a roundtable of Cowboys insiders dropping wisdom and offering sizzling takes on the current state of your Dallas Cowboys. Now your host, Nui Scruggs. Here we are. It is Wednesday, everybody. Welcome to the Media Match. Let's ride. Let's ride. Favorite show. Is this your favorite group right here? Yes, it is. It is. This is my favorite group right here. And, and... John Mashoda, The Athletic, Nick Eatman, DallasCowboys.com, and Clarence Hill, the Fort Star Telegram. Were you guys there when Jerry tried to call Clarence out after the win? Were you guys oh, there? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, first one. I mean, first thing, where's Clarence? I know. I'm like, why, why me? Jerry, keep my name out your mouth. Because he knows you can handle it. That's why. <laughs> Miss so Price. After, <laughs> Ms. Price. Trying to do a little Will Smith, Miss Price. Jerry! Oh, my Lord. <laughs> I never, I never turn off. the volume on. The, I do this show once a, once a, a day, every day of the week. I never really turn it down, but when Clarence is on, I'm like, hold on, where's the... Yeah. I'm, I'm hyped up with a little energy drink right now. I had, I need a little all hyped drink. up on Mountain Dew. So Probably not a sponsor. The, um... <laughs> awesome. It's not. Okay. I have a sponsor drink here. Moving uh, over there. So, <laughs> yeah, there you go. Cool. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. So after the game, the the twenty to seventeen win, in which the Cowboys were underdogs, Jerry meets with the media and he's like, "Okay, all right, everybody, I want to know what your predictions were." And then he said, "Where's Clarence?" So he started there first. I'm glad I wasn't there because I would have had to raise my hand because I was one of those that said, "No, they're not going to win this game." In fact, I thought they were going to get beat twenty-seven to ten, and and the Cowboys end up pulling it out. So here it is, Mike McCarthy. Very interesting. Mike McCarthy, 0-3 in season openers, 3-0 in winning his second game. The Cowboys win 20-17 on a last-second kick by Brett Maher. Tony Romo, Jim Nance on the call. Remember back in Los Angeles last year, game two, they win 56-yard field goal. Greg Zerline kicks it on CBS with Tony Romo and Jim Nance. So uh, very interesting on what they do. Week two, Atlanta. Walk off field goal with Greg Zertlein. Poor, poor Dan. Poor but Dan. but Tony Romo wasn't on the call. Yeah, but no, Dan Quinn was, was there. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. <laughs> okay. So here they go. It's Monday Night Football coming up here, and I'll ask you the question here in the media match that I was talking about on the players' lounge. What do you think this roster looks like on Monday night? You guys were in the press conference today. Mike McCarthy was asked about uh, Michael Gallup. Um, your guy Dennis Houston got cut and. Um, Dalton Schultz, we don't know there. So, so what do we think we're going to see in terms of some rosters and some names come Monday? I, I mean, I, if Dennis Houston's your guy, let's talk about it. No, 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 no. no, no, no he's no, Patrick no, Walker's no, guy. No, no, I just, let's, 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 let's just. Oh, yeah. He's Patrick. No, he was, he was no C. I'm in a bad mood. I wonder if that's why. Is he <laughs> back on the practice squad? It's 3 o'clock. I, I mean, don't know. I, it's, we, it's, we should have the answers, not ask the questions. He'll need to be on the practice squad in Washington. So. Yeah, you guys. that's not Jalen Smith. Okay, they're not going to sign him just for the, you know get some intel on the Cowboys. That is not, the Giants. They know better. Are you, <laughs> getting, are you getting any intel that way? <laughs> anyway, let, let's start with let's start with this before I answer that question about the roster. Is is as bad as that season opener was in, in terms of one of the worst season opening performances we've seen in a long time? How unlikely was that victory last week with so much? negativity around here with your backup quarterback. I know there are a few people that picked the Cowboys to win. I don't know what they were basing it on. <laughs> but but it, it was hard to see them winning that game with, with so much, ne- you know, 
the offense and the backup quarterback and all the other stuff. And so not playing well at home against good teams and forever. All of that. So give Mike McCarthy credit. Give give them credit. Let's, let's, you know, let's, we they pushed the right buttons, did the right thing. I I love the fourth and two. I'm just. Can you imagine if they'd have failed in that fourth and two? You'd be on the show saying that you hated the fourth and two. Right. No, but if they, <laughs> you remember those fans that trashed the officials last year? They would have been throwing stuff on the field. If they'd have failed in that fourth and two, but it, it worked, uh, and so give them credit, and, and he, you know Cooper Rush and all that. So I want to give them credit for an improbable, unlikely win, one of the most probable, improbable, unlikely wins in week two in Cowboys history, based on all the stuff, the stuff that was swirling around here uh, going forward with this roster for this uh, week three. I, I I definitely think Michael Gallup's going to play. You know, I don't think he's going to be on a pitch count. He's going to play. Uh, you think he is going to be on the pitch count? Yes, right, I, right. Yeah, I'm I agree. Sure, I'm most definitely, he's going to be on the pitch count. Yeah. But but he's going to play and be active in this game. Is he a starter or a reliever or a middle reliever? I mean, what kind I, of pitch just, count are we talking here? We're, we're talking, you know, 20, 30 snaps. Like middle relief? You know, he can start. Nah, probably just like third downs or like if you're in second and long. Yeah, like, you, you need, know it's a passing and situation. You, and you need somebody to stretch zone, the defense. One thing they haven't had is a guy that, you know, I, I wouldn't want to run him a lot of you know, those others, but let him run down the field. Let him try to catch yeah. some go balls. You know, they, they need that. And I think Jason Peters might be active this game, you know, to fill that roster spot. So, and okay, I'm glad you brought that up. Where would you put him at then? As just He's your swing tackle then? Because you know what I found interesting today with Mike McCarthy is him talking about, uh, he said Matt Farniak, he was talking about how he had a tough matchup last week, and he said he's going to have a tough matchup again this week. So if he's saying that, then that means that he thinks he's going to be their starting left guard again if he's going to have another tough matchup this week. So where would Jason Peters fit in there? Because he also told us that he's a left-side player right now, so I, he's not going to play over Tyler Smith. Why would they do anything with Tyler Smith? He's played well up to this point. Well, I mean, he could be. Peters could be your left guard. I mean, it's gonna be a. I mean, the Giants they're they, they have a pretty good defensive line. Yeah, you know, and 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 so well, Leonard Williams is out with that knee injury. That's a big loss for them. I know huge. Kayvon Thibodeau might be coming back. That's a huge loss though. Leonard yeah. Williams, yeah. he doesn't play. He he's been a Cowboy killer. Yeah, yeah. but they might get that that Kayvon Thibodeau, who obviously the, the Cowboys saw a lot of in their yeah. in their draft. So, um, stud. yeah. So yeah, I, I I wish I knew what was going on with with Peters because I, I think he can play left guard. I think that that's now. Back on the table, I think that. But but again, you know, Farniak has played pretty well, pretty well. I think I think I think there's some shaky moments in that game. That but I just what I wonder is is that is is he going to be better at left guard because he's been a left tackle his whole career, or do they just move Tyler Smith back, or you know, and how good was he because he, he had not won the job. He has he he had, Tyler Smith had not won the left guard job over Connor McGovern. It looks to me like he's actually a better left tackle than left guard. I would say that he hadn't won the job on paper. I think that if things would have continued to matriculate, Connor would, uh, Tyler Smith was going to be the left guard to start the season. You think to start the season? Yes, I think he was going to be left guard to start the season. Waiting for I don't know. None of that makes any sense. You're yeah. right. None of that makes any sense. Know. But if you watch the tape and watch, I mean, he he was he was doing some good things to left guard. He just he, he hadn't, you know, they hadn't made the move. But when you are spending time in practice and time in pre, in preseason game and time in in all this other stuff, using Connor McGovern as your center, using yeah. him as your tight end, you're you're not going to do that in the game. Why are you spending time? In a preseason game, starting him at center, if he's going to be your starting left guard, 
Yeah, I mean, I why guess. is he in in practice, joint practices, playing fullback if he's going to be your starting left guard? When we all know the importance of continuity and chemistry off his line, that's so important. So why did he do it all training camp and summer long? I don't. So none none of saying, that makes it, any okay, sense. None, right. I, I, it I makes agree. sense that it doesn't make sense. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Right. But I think that at some point that they were going to elevate just play left, Tyler Smith. Just play to Jason Peters at left tackle and, and Tyler Smith left guard. No, I, mean, I don't. What's I think it, I think Tyler Smith was no. going to be their starting left guard though. Right. Okay, so, I said. So I just think that they, they wanted him to earn the job. Yeah. I don't know why. I don't know why he's the first round pick. I mean, we know first round pick start. Right. There's no way Jerry was not going to have his first round pick start. Okay. But going forward, you know, do you move him back back inside because if you think that's his best position for the future of his career, yes, that's what you do. But his best position for his future his career is left tackle. Okay, if you if but again, there are experts that if they believe that Whatever they think is his best position Leave for the next right 10 now. years, that's where he should be playing right now, and he should play there for as long as he's healthy for the next 10 years. I disagree with that. I, I, I just don't agree. I think that you, you, whoever can help you win right now, and especially if I'm Mike McCarthy, knowing i got to win right now, i, I got to win right now. I'm not going to have him at left – Left tackle being pretty good, and then a left guard who that's not his position, and maybe it's Farniak, maybe it's a. I mean, I. But I Peters has played guard before. Okay. Good enough to get benched from it or to get moved back. I mean, I don't think it didn't stick. Well, this isn't Larry Allen that could just kind of wherever. I mean, I don't Martin. think he got benched from it. I mean, he's just a left tackle. I mean, but I think he's still better than Farniak at left guard. I think he probably would be you better. You think he's better than Farniak at left guard? Yes. You think that uh, Tyler Smith is better at, at left guard than, than Farniak? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Do you? Here's the big question, and this is one I guess that they got to figure out. Do you think that Jason Peters is a better left tackle than Tyler Smith? I don't know what a forty-year-old Jason Peters looks like at left tackle. Let's yeah. find out. That that was my next thing. Is sorry, what, what, I'm not over here. I feel like you're looking at me like you're not the host. I was over no, asking no, no, questions. No, no, I, I'm I'm intently listening because it's always about the next piggyback. Yeah. Because my piggyback off what you're saying about Jason Peters is what's left in the tank, and also if they have a good game against the Giants and they and they sit him, do you want to break up the chemistry? I mean, now you're talking about. I mean. If you put Peters in this week, this is three straight weeks. You got five guys who've not played together. How much uncertainty do you want? And if you take Tyler Smith and put him from over at left tackle, how much do you want versus, well, it, hey, let's. It's it, a season long decision. So it's not about this week. It's about what's best for the Cowboys going forward. And so that's what we're talking about. It's best for the Cowboys' offensive line going forward to sacrifice the one-week chemistry to get the best five out there for the bulk of the season. So what's the best five out there for the bulk of the season? What does that look like? Is that Tyler at left tackle, left guard, Jason Peters at left tackle, left guard, or Farnick in there? That's what the decision is. I will sacrifice one week of chemistry to get – the lineup you want for the bulk of the season. And the question is, at 40 years old, what's best for Peters and can he hold up for 12, 15 games? And then what are you doing when Tyron Smith comes back? Does he just jump right back in that I, starting lineup? I don't think Tyron Smith is coming back. I'm just saying if he does, what are you doing then? Does he just get his job roll, right back? You roll with then, the hot hand, baby. And we have a good problem. We have a good problem to have in December. I, I'm going to be honest with you. Everything it's, it's, good, it's a good problem to have. I was gonna going to say, everything, to that, everything that you guys have just said right here, I feel like, is you'd rather have that than to not have the guys. Like, yeah. You know, we can argue about it where Tyler Smith should be left guard, left tackle, but you'd rather have that problem than to be like, man, I don't know. We're going to have to see what's on the waiver wire because we just don't even have. Like, yeah. It, it's, well, if he's sitting throughout December and we don't know what kind of shape he's in, we don't know any of that, and this, and this team is rolling and getting ready to go into playoffs, yeah. you can't. You don't make a change. So the word, 
<laughs> the word the two finance professors I have uh, who would, would say all the time is, depends. Because we'd ask a question, hey, well, what, what's the answer? It says, depends. And I think so much of what they're dealing with with this offensive line is it depends. And this is where I gave Joe Philbin some credit. Uh, and Finally. <laughs> Can I finish before you just got to come in here? Because Clarence just throws bouquets at him all the time. <laughs> I mean, you know, Not some, me. Some show's been trying to fire the man. man I'm just trying a whole to lot of them been trying to fire him. I'm just really trying to get a man some credit. But what, what happened go last on, week? Go on. That's, all, that's go, all. Go on. Go that's on. All, give man. him his flowers. Go on. Right. Joe Philbin, nice job. Go ahead, Clarence. No, I think the good news is that as much as we talk about what's going on the first two weeks, I don't think the offensive line has been the biggest problem. I mean, and definitely I don't think that left tackle has been the biggest problem. Yeah, when you said at the beginning of the show that how surprised you were that they won that game, pretty high on my list is that the offensive line didn't commit a single penalty. Right. That that you whatever the bet would have been on that that the offensive line is not going to have a single penalty. I would have taken that all day long. That would have been the best bet. And, of the game. and Tyler Smith was going against a pretty good pass rush yeah. with the Bengals. You know, and, that's and, the credit for Joe Phillips. Right. right. They sure. they they were not the biggest problem. So even with the Peters talk, these are good problems to have with the team. When it's not like we're talking about the Bengals' offensive line, which <laughs> revamped their whole three new starters and they look like trash the first two weeks of the season. <laughs> Yeah, I mean seriously, no, you're do. talking about the Cowboys line that essentially got three starters and a new starter the second week, and they were not the weak link. They helped contribute to a victory. Oh, you I mean, told us last week on here. You said that oh, Lyle Collins is bad. Wait till you see that other offensive tackle. Remember? Don't that's that's the same. Listen, oh, you were right. <laughs> listen, Good intel you Par- got there. Parsons got some of him too. He got he <laughs> some of his work too. <laughs> Parsons didn't seem to to do a lot through the middle. Now we're talking like guard, center, double team. No, that's they, not his thing. They played him rush in the whole game. No, he yeah. did a couple through the. Well, center. That's, McCarthy said we played it primarily rush in. Yeah, so primarily, that, yeah. Because they were taking advantage of them middle. damn tackles. Yeah. And when you're doing a good, the job that he was doing, why would you move him? And, and, and just and, let him keep and going. And so to that work. was my thought process going back to when they let Randy go. When everybody, what are they going to do with Rush in? Well, we got Michael Parsons. And that's why I think Anthony Barr is a big pickup. Right. No, why did, why, hey, why don't they say that then? Why didn't they say that? They had to say it. No, they, no, they, they had something to say. <laughs> I'm just saying. No, what they was, had, no, no. It was always, it was about Dorrance. It was. We got Dorrance. We got Dorrance. We got Dorrance. There was very little. Oh well, Micah can move down there. It was. Oh, we got Dorrance. We got Dorrance. I mean, yeah. but they but, but you, want, they didn't want the Bucks and the Bengals to be to be studying for that. Even okay. though now, but even, but even go back. To, but you go back to the Bucks game. It was Micah at, at, at rush in. You know, yeah. he playing that right in. So yeah. that that was really their answer, especially when you got Anthony Barr. And and listen, Anthony Barr had a strong game against the Bengals. Strong game rushing. They both strong, did. I mean, yeah, both those linebackers like that, I thought, yes. played well. But, yeah. but, but, you know, Anthony Barr, yeah, both of them. But this one's going to be interesting, man, because I'm telling you, you go back oh, last year. Oh, they got to put their big boy pants on. Hey, last year, uh, first game against the Giants, 58 of his 61 snaps, or sorry, 58 of his 63 were at linebacker. Second time they play the Giants, 42 of his 56 were at linebacker. And they did the same thing in week two against against L.A. They 39 Snaps all thirty nine at edge rusher made you made us all think okay he's just gonna be edge rusher and then the very, you know a couple weeks later they're playing the no. Giants and he's playing almost predominantly at linebacker so I just don't think that we can just look at those first two games and go okay well then he's just gonna be mostly an right. edge rusher and, and, you don't know that and this Giants team has better tackles but you know Intel talking to Marcus Lawrence today. I don't know if Demarcus wants, wants you to say that, but uh, set my voice. Or <laughs> <laughs> but 
He said Dave, that Dave Chappelle. He said that you know they're they're good, but 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 <laughs> but but they they play heavy, and so they like to lean on you, and and they believe they could use their power against them, you know, because they're susceptible to, to to moves and stuff like that and, and adjustments. Yeah. So you know, Evan Neal, those are big guys, so they want to lean on you, want to power you, but they can use their power against them. Exactly, especially if the Cowboys are going to play those stand up, you know, defensive tackles on you. Sometimes you see Demarcus Lawrence inside, you see Sam Williams inside, you see Golston. I mean, these guys aren't the biggest dudes in the world, and they, they it works on third and eleven, third right. and eight. But third and two, third and three, no, yeah, you're you, gonna have to, you know, and that that's what's gonna be interesting. It's a chess match. All right, got to get our first break in here. Week two for Cooper Rush as the starter coming up as the Cowboys head up to the Meadowlands to face the Giants. Now that there is tape on Cooper Rush from uh, this past game against the Bengals, can things? Do you expect things to change as they face Wink Martindale, who's a really good defensive coordinator? Let's dive into that next with John Mashota of the Athletic. He is Nick Eatman at DallasCowboys.com. Clarence Hill, Fort Worth Star Telegram, and New East Scruggs. This is the Meaty Mash on DallasCowboys.com radio. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G, fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. What do you call a group of grown men and women with their faces painted silver and blue who get together every week to share a three-hour-long ritual of jumping, sinking, and toasting Miller Lite and 10-gallon hats while yelling, how about them cowboys? You call it Miller Time in Dallas. Here's to the cowboys. Here's to the original light beer. It's Miller time. Celebrate responsibly. 2021 Miller Brewing Company, Fort Worth, Texas. When you build, you start with the foundation. And home ownership is a foundation of a stable future. The Bank of America Community Home Ownership Commitment has helped over 34,000 people lay the groundwork so far. With up to $10,000 towards your down payment or 3% of the purchase price, whichever is less, the satisfaction of owning your own place can become a reality. Visit bankofamerica.com slash homeowner to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Equal housing lender. Credit and collateral is subject to approval. Restrictions apply. This is not a commitment to lend. The season is finally here. For months, we've been gearing up to win. Now it's time for the team that performs on any field. United Ag and Turf. With John Deere zero turns for mowing, compact tractors for loading, mini excavators for digging, gator utility vehicles for hauling, implements for grading, hay tools for baling, United Ag and Turf for winning. The official Ag and Turf equipment supplier of the Dallas Cowboys. Visit unitedagandturf.com for more. Back, back, back to back. Media Mash. Media Mash. <laughs> right here on DallasCowboys.com. Got Clarence Hill, the Fort Worth Star Telegram, Nick Eatman, DallasCowboys.com, and John Mashota of The Athletics. So, gentlemen, don't, don't stop it now. Let's keep it going here. There was a, a Dennis Houston conversation during the break here. You just weren't a fan. You 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 were not buying into what you were hearing about Dennis I, Dennis Houston. I, I you know and it, it comes across. I love the kid. I love his story. I love undrafted right. free agents. He just made no plays in training camp. There was nothing like he. There was nothing. There was no sudden. There's no wow factor in camp, and that it was always mind boggling to me that he was getting so much run because he knew where to go. You know, the and then he starts. Is, the flip side of that is though is that. 
Simi Fajoko made a lot of plays that caught your eye, and we haven't seen anything no, from those first two games. No, right? but he plays better. I mean, you got the special teams factor. But, yeah, but Simi was running, unlike un, unlike Simi, Simi, I mean, Dennis was running with the first team for right. much of camp. Yeah. Sometimes even in front of Noah Brown. You know, he it, it, it was it was Dennis Houston out there with uh, Ceedee Lamb, and he was in front of Jalen Tolbert. I mean, it, at some point it was Dennis uh, Tolbert, especially early in the camp, and yeah. Ceedee Lamb as your top three receivers. Maybe that was being used see, as motivation to some other guys. On exactly, the they were. You know, if, if if there's four people in here and, and someone says, "Well, this person smells good," they're really saying the other three don't smell good. That's what they're saying. So this guy knows where he needs to be. Good job. Dennis Houston knows where he needs to be. Dak is really saying that there's somebody out there that doesn't. There's somebody running the wrong route all the time. I, I smell good right now. I just want, I'm going to just say that right now. I got on some Argos. I showered. Argo, I, I put I the order on. I got on Argos, man. I got on Argos Bacchus. So okay. I showered. I'm smelling good All right. Today. So I guess it's me. I shower on Mondays. Again, again, I'm just saying yeah, right. that I was just saying that, that that and that was part of the question even with the offense coming into the season is that, you know, outside of C D and, and, and even Noah said it today, I, I give him credit. It's hard to trust Noah because he's had great camps before. He acknowledged that. I've had great camps before. I didn't carry it into the season. You know, last year we saw them continue to throw the ball to Noah Brown on third down and him not come up with the pass for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. So there was a, a reason to question even Noah Brown, a great camp he had, what he was going to do once the regular season came about. He ain't even acknowledged that. I've had great camps before. That didn't mean nothing. Here's another thing about that, that position flex can keep you on a team. You know, this guy can play this and this, but let's keep him. He's versatile. But it also can really hurt your career if they can't figure out what they want to do with you. And if and I think it's hurt Noah Brown because if you look at him now and look at him two years ago, he 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 looks like a receiver. I had to figure out who's got an arm, who's got like a, a blue sleeve on between him and CD because they look so similar. I'm saying this before it was like this guy could be a tight end, and then he was kind of beefed. Oh, up I've a little seen bit. him doing tight end right. stuff. We talked about that today, and he, and he wasn't. He wasn't. He was never a tight end. And no, so, but he was the most physical receiver, and when he had issues, and let him block, but don't let him go in there. There was a couple games, Philly particular, <laughs> yeah. where he was trying to block and getting. They blown had no up. one else, and yeah. I know. So my point is, is that the position flex stuff. I've seen it happen with Kyle Wilbur. You're an end. You're a rusher. Tyrone Crawford, same thing. Give the guy a position. Let his body be what that position is supposed to be and quit trying to flex people well, around. Don't you think part of the problem, though, is who they had, though? Right. It was I who mean, they had. Cedric Wilson and, and C.D. And no, I, I know, but but Amari what I'm saying and... is is that look at them now. There's only five players. No, t- there's ten players in the league right now that have three uh, three catches of 20 yards right. or more. I mean, he's well, they one need of them, him right? now. I know, but I'm just saying he was not built that way. He yeah. was like, you could be a tight end, this glorified tight end. Beef up. Here's a burger. And and they, that's not his game. Right. Well, I, I, I think down. that I hear what you're saying, but I think the fact that they like the player because of his versatility, because, number one, he was the fifth receiver at best yeah. for much of those years. You got Cooper and you got CD and you got uh, – uh, Gallup and, and and you draft to you know Fihoko and and so you have these guys and we need to find a way this guy can do these other things so he's going to be active on game day because he's right. so good on special teams that which they can't do which you don't want them to do and so he has all these jobs so let's find what else he can do so it was a feather in his cap to a certain extent you're saying it's setting back but if you only play him at receiver he might have not even have a roster spot. 
if he's just a receiver. Well, I mean, and, and maybe maybe so. But all I'm saying is is that we never saw we, – we never. I mean, I think now his body looks like a wide receiver. He looks like when they've, they've got a position and he's thriving for it. You're right. That might have helped him stay on the team. Maybe it did. But I thought he was always going to be a physical receiver. And if there's anybody out there really likes Dennis Houston a lot, he wasn't claimed by anybody else, so he'll probably be back on the Cowboys yeah. practice squad. Yeah. Cooper Rush. It uh, – it was a serviceable game. It wasn't what he did in Minnesota, but at the same time, he had a lot more to work with in terms of weapons in Minnesota. So you, sometimes you got to ask, is the carpenter is his tool? So going to the Giants game, do you expect things to be different at all? Because it's got Wink Martindale, who likes to bring pressure, and now there's a, there's tape on him for this year and, and with this offense. Go. I personally don't. I mean, I, I think Matt Life will probably be – about as loud as it probably has been in a while, just because they're two and zero, and there's some excitement there. It's a Monday night game, but from what he was able to do in Minnesota, I think in that scenario, Sunday night football, that building's one of the loudest in in the NFL, and he managed that fine. So I don't think he's going to have major issues there and be thrown off. The one that concerns me, I would say, is that while the offensive line didn't commit any penalties, right. now they go on the road. Yeah. Are you going to get some of them false starts and some of those pre-snap things? And yeah. my, my, my thing is that things were perfect against the Bengals on both sides of the ball to start the game. The, the script, the play counts, everything went their way. You cannot think that everything's going to go their way <laughs> For them, in all the plays you call, everything you draw up works to perfection. But the fourth and two, the t- everything, the first two drives, what, he was seven say, nine? I wouldn't say it was perfect because if it was perfect, you know what would happen? This team that led the league in takeaways last year would have got a couple takeaways and given them some short about, fields. I'm just talking about the first two drives. I'm well, talking about right, but I'm just saying, like, when the, when the off- there's when a lot of people that think that all oh, the, the offense just completely stalled. If you work in some, a couple short fields there off some takeaways that this team has done yeah. so well on, all of a sudden your offense looks a lot better yeah. than what, what it uh, but, did. But early on, I'm just saying from an offensive standpoint, yes, and you can't predict takeaways. I mean, that's what they did last year was also an outlier. I mean, I, we, we can't believe they're going to get 34 takeaways. But I believe year. that they can get more than one in their first two games. They, they certainly do. Yeah, but with the, but, how but, the pressure they put on, I, I expect them to get. That, but the defense still played well. Right. Defense Absolutely. played very well. And I'm just saying that that I don't know if the conditions, everything's going to be as pristine. And then, yes, the offense stalled from the second drive all the way to that last drive of the fourth quarter. And the only- no, I, no, the one that, that they had a good drive going when Schultz fumbled. Okay, I, I, okay, save for the Schultz. They had three punts in the, in the fumbling. Right. That's part of the offensive for futility, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Uh, what's that going to look like in New York? You know, and it was, you know, because if, if that's going to be the bulk of the game, you know, one decent drive and a fumble, you know, maybe they got a field goal out of that or not. You know, what, what's that going to look like? And we need to see. But things went perfectly for them to me early on. You know, our, everything fell right outside of extra turnovers, but things went perfectly for them. It won't be as clean and pristine in New York. It will be a raucous house. It will be. They're two and zero. Those. I mean, I don't know if you guys have any Giants fans that you that you know here in town, but the two I know are having the parties. I mean, they're all excited. So I expect this thing to be to to, to be hopping there. Nick, what are you expecting uh, for Cooper Rush going up against uh, Wink Martin? I th- I think for sure um, he needs to do what they did before is strike first. You know, like he's got to get he's got to get an early lead. I think that helped and that helped the defense kind of play off of that. Um, you know, for whatever how tough it's going to be for them, I think it's going to be tougher for Daniel Jones. 
in that line, in that offense. I mean, I, I just think that you know they they've had some some issues too, and they play these games that are kind of muck it up a little bit. So I think whoever can kind of strike first and have to play less balanced, you know, a little bit more one dimensional, uh, you know, because I because I think I, and I think that, that it'll be a low scoring game because I think that they'll find out they have to run the ball. They're not just going to let Parsons and them. Just tee off. They're going to try Barkley and screens and stuff like that. Yeah, it's, 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 key, it's, real quick. Key to that that fast start, I think, CD Lamb. You know, getting him the ball early, kind of getting bingo. his confidence going, things like that. I think that was smart. They did it against Cincinnati in that in that first drive. I think that's a that's a big part of this offense having success. Oh yeah, you got to get him going. But but I agree, it's going to be a low scoring game, and that and the Cowboys' offense, you know, and and the way the defense play, they're going to be in it, you know, and and Money Maher may have to kick a. Make a kick in the swirling winds and make a few uh, up there and 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 Cavante Turpin, you know, and people don't talk enough about the difference he made for the offense. End of the first half, the twenty yard return, you know, he don't get twenty yard return. That may not be a field goal at the end of the first half, you know. In the final drive and 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 what? First of all, let's start with the punter anger. Great punt, pin him down to get off the field and. It was just a 14-yard return, but that's 14 yards closer they had to drive to get that game-winning field goal. That was that was important yards. Yeah, sure. Let's hit our second break. Uh, John wrote about Micah Parsons for the Athletic. It's getting some uh, movement out there. Let's, let's dive into that, man. Let's pump it up for you a little bit here. John Machado of the Athletic. Got Nick Eatman, DallasCowboys.com. Clarence Hill, Fort Worth Star, Telegram, and Newey Scruggs. This is the Media Mash on DallasCowboys.com. The season is finally here. For months, we've been gearing up to win. Now it's time for the team that performs on any field, United Ag and Turf. With John Deere zero turns for mowing, compact tractors for loading, mini excavators for digging, gator utility vehicles for hauling, implements for grading, hay tools for baling, United Ag and Turf for winning. The official Ag and Turf equipment supplier of the Dallas Cowboys. Visit unitedagandturf.com for more. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Lil Sweet! Did you get to work on time? Yeah, but I just realized it's Sunday. Lil Sweet says head on home. Dr. Pepper's on its way. So sweet, unique. Baby, there's nothing better. I bet you've probably done something that deserves a Dr. Pepper. Did you invest your nest egg in an NFT? Yeah, and I don't even know what that is. It's a non-fungible token. When you build, you start with the foundation. And home ownership is a foundation of a stable future. The Bank of America Community Home Ownership Commitment has helped over 34,000 people lay the groundwork so far. With up to $10,000 towards your down payment or 3% of the purchase price, whichever is less, the satisfaction of owning your own place can become a reality. Visit bankofamerica.com slash homeowner to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America N.A. Equal housing lender. Credit and collateral is subject to approval. Restrictions apply. This is not a commitment to lend. Back to Media Mash. Media Mash, 
It is Nick Eatman, DallasCowboys.com. John Mashore, The Athletic. You got Clarence Hill of the Fort Worth Star-Telegram. Okay, John, you wrote about Micah Parsons here, and the reason it was such a great timing is because they're going to a place where some dude once sacked a lot of quarterbacks who's you know basically the gold standard when you want to talk about pressure players and getting to the quarterback, Lawrence Taylor, number 56, formerly of the New York Giants. Yeah, the only reason I even tied him in is because I was going to write about Micah regardless. It's so easy to write about him right, right. now. But it's the fact of just the, how hesitant Tony Romo was early in the broadcast. The defense comes on the field, and he's like, he reminds me of two guys, and one is Von Miller. And, you know, I don't kind of don't want to say the other one, but it is kind of Lawrence Taylor-ish. And it just reminds me of everyone in football is just so hesitant to compare anybody to Lawrence Taylor. So many believe he's the greatest defensive player ever. So I get that. That's why I started writing. But it is funny because, like, there's quotes in there I have, like, you know, from different coached players that talk about how Micah's a problem. And it's just so funny because Brian Dable just did his press conference and it's the very first thing he says about him. He's he's a problem. I just I just think it's interesting how so many guys say that. And Dable said, yeah, he's fun to watch when you're not ready to play him, you know, and just talked about his rare pass rushing ability and stuff like that. So that I found that interesting. And then um, our uh, one of our writers, Jay Morrison, that covers the Bengals for The Athletic, uh, he sent me over some quotes from their uh, offensive coordinator, uh, the very next day, Brian Leonard, about we didn't know that he was really going to be lining up that much. And I just thought it was interesting because most of the times the opposing teams' coaches aren't going to admit that the day after you know a, a player basically we wrecks ready. their game. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, can you all do me a favor? Because it's really fun to do. It was fun last year, and it's going to be fun again. If you talk to anybody in the New York media over there in Meadowlands, just mention that, that you know he's the next Lawrence Taylor, and just see what kind of fist fight comes. I mean, these yeah. guys look like the mascot of Notre Dame. They, they, yeah. they want to just fight you on all of this. I love it. It's, I'll, it's I'll great. I'll tell you the best one is on it, <coughs> and that's Belichick. Yeah, for sure. You don't when, want you him, bring, yeah. when you bring it up. Belichick will shut you down. I yeah. can't remember. Somebody brought it up. It was, they mentioned Lawrence. Hold, hold, hold on. Yeah. It, it just yeah. And and obviously so protective. You of know. It. Yeah. Oh, I, I even tried to call Ladanian Tomlinson LT, and I thought that was going to be a fight one time with with a writer from New York. Like, there's only one LT. I'm like, well, I don't think so. I think he goes by LT also. He but, does go by LT. Yeah. But, but let's forget Lawrence. Hall of Famer. You can call. I mean, I, you, you you cannot not compare him to Lawrence Taylor. You know, but one thing that, you know, I, you know, me and Mac talked about, Mac Engel, the Star Telegram, the Star Telegram uh, podcast that we do every Tuesday, 4-4 Star Telegram. StarTelegram.com. I mean, is he, first of all, I think he's the best player on the Cowboys right now. I think no one disputes oh, that. Oh, sure? But how about the on, on his way to being the best defensive player in Cowboys history? You, you, oh, you talk about, you talk oh. about, Lawrence Taylor, that, that's fine, and that's NFL history. Well, yeah, you'd have to be able to do that I mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna compare anybody to Lawrence Taylor. Then yeah, that obviously because he's probably the best defensive player to ever play the game. Right. So, I mean, yeah. is he, is he's already better than Charles Haley? I mean, Jerry wouldn't talk about it, and, and Demarcus Ware's pass rushers. You know, Randy White, Bob Lilly. We're we're talking about some got, Hall of Fame. You got the anointing, you got the anointing oil. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, don't, we, I don't think you already were doing that with Lawrence Taylor. What's the difference? Just, well, no, 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 just, no, no, just no. closer to home. There's a difference by saying that. They can be. They're showing. Yes. When you say like already better than Charles Haley, I wouldn't say that. You got to put it out for multiple seasons. And, right. No. And no. to be honest with you, you got to win big in the postseason yeah, before you rings. start giving. Yeah. Jack. Need a jacket. You know. You All I mean, of the greats. I said potentially on track. Uh, obviously not okay, there. That's yes. Fair. Potentially that's fair, on track. Yeah. But but yeah. what he's doing right now, I don't know. And and I've been covering the Cowboys for a long time. We all know that. Outside of Deion Sanders. 
I don't know if there's been another defensive player that the opposing offenses had to game plan for more than Michael Parsons. No, I agree. And and I and ask yourself this: sitting where we sit in the press box, do you do you guys find him? Before every snap, yeah, I, yeah you have to. I, and I—that's the that's fun just, part about that's it. That's just me. I'm not the guy getting going to get hit. You know, the quarterback and running back, you know, do. I'm just saying, I don't ever remember going. Where is this guy lining up? And if you're going to go get something to drink or eat, it's offense. Right. It's not when the defense, a, 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 Diggs, especially Diggs and Parsons, well, they, they were playing last year. Diggs hasn't done it right. yet, but and even when they had Demarcus Ware at his best, you still had you had to worry about Jerry Radliff. You know, and I think that's the other part of it. I mean, there's no one else that's that's so sudden that like, okay, he's dominating, he's gonna dominate. We don't know who else is gonna dominate with him, it's really up front. You know, and he sets it up for everybody. But you you had Jay Radliff who had a Pro Bowl season. You had uh uh, uh Spencer. Anthony Spencer. Anthony Spencer and, and my boy James. that went not Brady James, but my boy that went to uh I can't even think Jason His, Hatcher. Hatcher, who had thirteen sacks oh, one year yeah. and stuff like that. So you had some other guys, you know, but with this team there's no singular player since I've been covering a team that you had to really game plan for like Michael Parsons. And then the Dorrance Armstrong getting the two sacks, Dante Fowler, Leighton Vanderash. Some of that is part of it, too. That's why I'm saying the takeaway, well, he's setting it up I believe, will be there because he's going to cause them, even if it isn't just bad throws on the back end. But, but I do believe for the Cowboys to reach the ultimate level of success, Super Bowls, he needs another running. He needs a dominant running mate. He don't need somebody that's eating off his plate. He needs somebody that's setting his plate, too. So let me bring it back in, in, into this. What's his health like? Because we saw during the game, he, uh, he grabbed his leg a little bit. So afterwards, I know he talked a little bit about it, but what, what's Micah's health like? It doesn't sound like it's anything mm-hmm. uh, significant. I know Monday uh, they asked Stephen Jones about it on 105.3, and, and he said that, Dalton Schultz was the one that they were more, way more concerned about uh, when it was specifically asked about Dalton Schultz and Mike and Parsons. And Schultz is someone that is probably, if he misses this game, this would probably be the only one. So they got good news on him. So I don't think that this is going to be anything where, you know, he's limited or, or anything like that. And he did go back into the game and, and still play at a pretty high level after. I do think it was interesting he didn't come in the locker room today. And he usually just, his, maybe, yeah. maybe he was in the training room, but sure. he usually finds his way in the locker room yeah. somehow. And, and it's probably because he was in the training room. Yeah. Well, and also to be fair, though, Zeke didn't either. Like, like no, I saw Zeke. Zeke came through and he went to eat. But they didn't talk. I mean, like, it's yeah, yeah. a day to talk, Wednesday, and they didn't talk today because it's kind of like a yeah. free yeah. day tomorrow. No, I agree. And I had heard going, but, but, you know, PR say before uh, we went out there that he, was, that he wasn't going to treat this as a normal Wednesday, that, that he was going to still yeah. talk on Thursday. So, um, yeah, know, that could be. It could I be agree. Yeah, but Michael likes to hang around sometimes, yeah, even when yeah, he don't talk. Yeah, yeah. Talk, yeah. talk like to you day, like, yeah. off the record, on the record, you know, whatever you want to do. He likes to hang around but, and stuff like know, that. You know, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with saying he's like the next Lawrence Taylor. Because, I mean, think about it. And I know where you stand on this, and that's fine. I mean, like LeBron James was supposed to be the next Michael Jordan. And uh, most people will say he, he's not there. He's maybe second. But I mean, you didn't make it. Maybe you, you're right there. It's debatable. I don't think he's the next Michael Jordan. I it's think a conversation next. to have. It's a conversation. But but you know what? Oh, oh, God! You're not Michael Jordan. You're not. You're not. You're just the second or third best player of all time. Like, think about the pressure on him, and he still made it. He was. He was supposed to be the next Michael, and he was. This guy could be the next Lawrence Taylor. Maybe he's not better than Lawrence Taylor. But if he's the next Lawrence Taylor. That's pretty good too. You're, you're gonna you're gonna I, have a nice gold I, I w- jacket as well. I will say this and say this to no Fakers fans or on. Don't let any Fakers fan know this. 
based on. Are you saying eight, Fakers fans? Are you yeah. saying Lakers fans? Yeah, Fakers fans. You know, you know, Fake Show did. I don't know, but I, I get that. Everybody I, knows this, Nick. It, don't but, you know this? <laughs> but, well, the way but he I, talks and the way he just said, like, like Faker say, fans. But, like everybody knows be, it. Well, but, just be careful. But what it, you say. anyway, whether he got the Michael Jordan or not, I believe that based on early hype. And the finished product, no one's ever come into the league with as much hype as Michael Jordan and lived up to the hype. You I mean, mean LeBron, my, James. LeBron yeah. James and 100%. lived up to it. Like, because Jordan was the third pick. I mean, he wasn't yeah, yeah. supposed to be Jordan. No, no. LeBron James was supposed to be, yeah. my, you know, everything. He, in that's, high school. that's what I would say. Much more than to get into the is he Michael Jordan? It's you came in Sports Illustrated yeah. as a high schooler. This is the next one. You go tattoo King James on yourself, and the man has gone He's on to do more than I ever thought. And I would say the last athlete that lived up to the hype that I was like, there's no way this guy can be this good, is Tiger Woods. Um, yes, and so that's that's the level. Now that Michael Murphy Jr., but yeah, no, not to the level of Tiger Woods. But, 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 and, Fairness to Micah and, and bad on everybody else. No one thought he was going to be this good. I don't care what they say now. Micah? Yes. No. The no. Cowboys didn't know. He don't, he don't last to 11 if they thought it was going to be this good. The 12. guy had – the guy 12. 12, whatever. He don't last that long. I'm telling you, the, the, if anybody should be questioning themselves right now, it has to be all of those Penn State fans out there. He had like five and a half sacks one season. That's the most he had there. He should have had five and a half sacks – in Against a game, Purdue, yeah. right. right? When they play Kent State, he should have had. But now, <laughs> now, hey, to be honest, they, uh, to be fair, they had Jason Oway, and so because he was on the edge there, they felt like they had that taken care of, and that they could have Micah play more linebacker because that's where they needed him at. But when you look back on that, them not playing him more at edge rusher and him not playing during that COVID season helped out the Cowboys tremendously. Okay, let's not. Yeah, and, and of course, and of course, those two. I'm not, I'm not beating up and, on him, but and, and of course, those two teams drafting those cornerbacks. Because let's be honest, absolutely, if those cornerbacks are there, absolutely. The Cowboys they're taking the quarterback. They're not taking sure. Michael Parsons. But the, but the Lawrence Taylor comparison, I think, is super interesting because if they were able to win big and he's the face of it, it's Cowboys, it's Giants. It's something that people are going to argue about for a long time. Do the Eagles ever get – I don't know what's the word to say here. Class? The Eagles had the opportunity, and they passed on you know they they couldn't you, know, you jump the Cowboys and, and obviously they went for the receiver but you know here it is they had the opportunity and they, and they passed on but anyway it's just gonna be interesting to see down the road is there any kind of regret there because you know for Portland and their fan base yeah. they had to live forever the fact that they they say, hey we already have Clyde Drexler we're good yeah and um and the Eagles, and they got Devonte Smith Eagles regret a lot of people they passed on them I and you can go back to your Jefferson yes I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, they got a lot of regrets but yeah I mean I'm sure there'll be one day we're gonna write the 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 oral history of the draft and all these teams passed on this Hall of Famer Michael Parsons. All and right. you, you you can do that like the Brady Six or whatever that number yeah is. you're right it's gonna be that <laughs> you know. Do you know who was number 11? We talked about this yesterday. Nobody got it. Is uh Dolphins lineman. No, no. No, he was 13. Rashawn Slater was 13. Oh, uh, Smith, wasn't it? No, Devontae Smith, 10. 10. Uh, Eagles went to 10. The Cowboys went to 12. Was it a quarterback? Oh, it was Fields. Justin Fields? Yeah. Justin, okay. yeah. Fields. Justin Fields That's number right. 11. All right. Hey, guys, appreciate it. John Michaud to check his workout over The Athletic. Nick Eatman, check his workout over at DallasCowboys.com. And Clarence Hill, he's writing for the Star-Telegram. He's got a podcast. Uh, <laughs> I'm at, trying to figure out exactly where, how you get that. He's on Thursday. Uh, he's got Nate Newton out there. Just chill. Um, slinging bean pies before the game. I mean, whatever you need, man. Clarence is doing it all. Hook him. 
Oh, Lord. We're done. <laughs> We're done. We're done. Media Mash. Talk to you tomorrow right here on DallasCowboys.com. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!